No, baby, that's for somebody else. We're just going to keep you right where you're at right now. It doesn't matter what you think. The Wrestling Round presents Break It Down with Brian H. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode, the 50th episode of Break It Down with Brian H. You know what? Guess what? It was so nice. You got to do it twice. I'm joined by the realness himself, the real the way Allen. What's up, bro? What's happening, brother? Man, she had me on again. Man, you know, like I told you, open invitation. It's our brand. You know, I just happened to just do a podcast. And, you know, people will be treated because you got something coming up. Uh, as you know, uh, you want to talk about it real quick? Absolutely. Starting uh, as of tomorrow, after we finish recording this episode of Breaking Down with Brian H., I will be doing exclusive content for Instagram called Realness Reacts. Well, I just take a quick minute to address quick things and subjects that's going on in the world of professional wrestling. Like I said, I got a big mouth and I got an opinion about everything. So, hey, why not put it to good use? There we go, man. I mean, I'm privy to it, but now the people will be privy to it. Um, and guess what, folks? You're going to get the real Dwayne Allen right here on the 50th episode for the whole show. So let's get right into it. I'm starting off. Let's hit off with the top rope this week. Going up to the top rope. It's time for this week's top rope segment of the week. All right. So the top rope this week, Hulk Hogan returning to pay tribute to the late great Mean Gene Oakland. Dwayne, what's your memory? Give me a quick memory of Mean Gene. You know my first memory of Mean Gene Oakland? My very first memory of Mean Gene Oakland is in a big plastic school bus holding a bunch of rubber <laughs> LJN World Wrestling Federation superstar action figures. Wow, you took he was it back. The only guy, he was the only guy in the toy box that had a suit and a microphone on his hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the voice of almost every major generation. He was there for almost every boom period in professional wrestling. Timeless, classic. I mean, everyone knew who Mean Gene was. And I mean, from the WWF all the way to WCW, all the way back to when he came back on to WWE, he became the host of WWF Confidential. And he said, I'm back home where I belong. And I remember that line stood out to me so much. That was way back when I took you back. Mm-hmm. Mean Gene Oakland was the voice of professional wrestling and I think he's one of those voices that will always go down in history you know so uh yeah I just it's, it's it's still rough to talk about you know what I mean but um man that was a that's that's that was a major hit to the to the to the world of professional wrestling yes sir it's definitely a major hit man um I grew up you know um we always talk about it you know we're two years apart but in wrestling years that's almost not lifetime but it's Sometimes it's a generation, you know, so I remember, you know, seeing him as the guy backstage interviewing Hulk Hogan, you know, interviewing Macho Man, you know, that iconic line, put that cigarette out, you know, or when he was interviewing Bravish and Rick Rude and something was falling, he just blurted out, you know, choice words on air, you know, but like Hulk Hogan said, Mean Gene, the Hulkamania character doesn't get over without Mean Gene. You know, um, I've been blessed to do some interviews with professional wrestlers. I've been blessed to even do some, you know, a couple backstage announcements here and there. And I'm, you know, I'm not just saying this just because we're honoring a man. 
in my head, I always think about a mean gene line, you know, with me at this time, it's so-and-so, you know, and everybody, if you're a broadcaster, you kind of want to have a little bit of mean gene into it. If you're a wrestler, you kind of want to be interviewed by mean gene, you know, he was the soundtrack as Triple H put it of a whole era, man. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's two names you hear that's almost synonymous when it comes to the voices of professional wrestling and, you know, in every, and to, you hear about two about four names to me. And I, it always starts with like a uh, Gordon Soli. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you hear the, the numerous stories about hearing that voice, hearing that name and the, the countless interviews Gordon Soli had, you know, and then, and then you go from Gordon Soli right into mean Gene Oberlin. I mean, it's just, the time periods in which his career has spanned over and, and he's been a part of almost every major moment and or boom period outside of the attitude era, but he had his fair share of moments in WCW and the Monday night wars with his, with his hotline and stuff like that. It's just, it was crazy. I was watching the movie ready to rumble the other day. And, and of course he's all in the movie. <laughs> and I was just like, man, it just, it, it's just, it's kind of crazy to think about. And it's hard to think that he's not even his appearance in like legends house. And hearing mm-hmm. his voice on Storytime on the WWE Network. Yeah, I mean, man. His, his voice is timeless. Exactly, you know. Um, and it just, I think that, you know, we never see, you brought up a good point. The voice is timeless. Even in his old age, um, MCW owner Dan McDevitt posted a tribute. And he talked about how Mean Gene um, was sick back in December. Mm-hmm. And really didn't, wasn't, he was like, man, you know, Mr. Oakland, I'm sorry, you shouldn't have came. And he said, no, I have to do this for my fans. He said he was in a wheelchair, but he requested that he could do his uh, interviews by standing near the stage because he didn't want to see him, the fans, he didn't want fans to see him in a wheelchair. And then he wanted to get to his table before the fans could see him because he didn't want people to see him like that. But he said, you know, just to honor his word and Greg Excellent and another wrestler had an opportunity to be interviewed by him. But I went back and I watched that interview. And like I said, you said timeless voice, man. He still had that mean Gene swagger. And I thought that's what was great, you know? Yeah, man. It's uh, like I said, just situations like this and people like him and the impact that he's had on the lives of so many people in their childhoods and even into their adulthoods mm-hmm. is, 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 is something you just, you just can't. Sometimes it, it becomes indescribable sometimes. And, and, and I got to ask you this because, you know, we got, we got the people's attention. And clearly, if they're in iTunes, if they're in Spotify, or if they're looking on YouTube, they know two things. We're African-American males or we're black, as I would say. So I think you know where I'm going with this one. I like to think that's pretty obvious. <laughs> was this the right way to bring Hulk Hogan back? And how did you feel? Uh, well, see, that's that's almost a, a double-edged sword because you, the what, what question are you asking? How did I feel as an African American wrestling fan, or how did you, or how did I feel just about Hulk Hogan paying tribute to Mean Gene Oakland? Both Those are two different questions. Yeah, that is, and and you're right. How did you feel just seeing Hulk Hogan back in the WWE ring in the United States in general? Let's take, we can put the mean gene part in it, but first and foremost, how did you feel seeing Hulk Hogan back in the ring? I mean, the wrestling ring is, is, is where Hulk Hogan belongs. 
Mm-hmm. That is, uh, that's his universe. That's his place of being. That's not for me to say. As a fan, it's different because um, I don't share business with Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't share the industry with him. Um, I wasn't the biggest Hulkamaniac. You know, I, you know, he was Hulk Hogan, of course, and of course, uh, you know, in WWF and then WCW um, is running TNA. Um, as an African American, it's it's important to always remember um first and foremost that racially and socially driven tyrants or raids or, or rants excuse me or whatever you have to say will never be acceptable mm-hmm. ever you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and i don't know hulk hogan personally so i can't sit there and judge him based off who he is because i don't know um there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the wwe that to me isn't always as racially sensitive most probably like it to be, but then again, it's the entertainment business. So it's it's not their responsibility to do that. They do have responsibility to the ones that do work there and the yep. communities that they represent. You know? And mm-hmm. they have already addressed that situation. Um, I guess you, you can consider guys like Titus O'Neill in the New Day, um, very educated brothers that have sort of taken their stance on the situation to say, look, this is not about my personal beliefs about Hulk Hogan. This is about a business tenure on a stage that we both share mm-hmm. as an entertainer in this setting. If this is the way they choose to use him, then I personally do not take offense to it as someone who was sharing the same setting as him. Now, my views as an African-American have nothing to do with why he's here. So naturally it's not my place to sit there and disregard whatever they decide to do with Hulk Hogan creatively. And quite honestly, I feel the same way. Um, I I am a I'm also a, a a a Christian. I'm a devout Christian, and I have no bones about hiding that. Mm-hmm. And um, I do believe in forgiveness. And if that man has, um, honestly, I don't know what he's done, or but you know, from from what he said, he's asked for forgiveness, and he's turned his life around from where it used to be. Um, like I said, I wouldn't want somebody holding me to something I did almost ten, twelve years ago, no matter how wrong it was. So you know. I also feel that we, we, we have to kind of forgive people and, and allow what their the fruit of their lives that they're currently living to display who they are versus holding against them what they did in the past. Yes, sir. And and that's how I feel. You know, man, uh, everybody knows I've, I've been saying it, you know, it's 50th episode, so I've said it before. I'm, I'm happy, you know, he did his time. You know, he did the crime. He did his time. I'm happy he's back. Um, I and, and you know I'm a huge Hulkamania. Uh, yeah, you don't have to tell me that you're Hulkamania, bro. <laughs> but I don't. And, and I will say this: No, I don't need to see him in the ring every day. I mean, in the mm-hmm. ring every week. But this, you know, I was happy that to finally see him on a WWE tel- uh, Monday Night Raw on television. You know, I popped. You know, um, so I was happy and. To see the tribute he gave to Gene, man, was awesome, especially how he incorporated the other ones that have gone on. You know, he said the what he said, the greatest tag team match with uh oh my goodness, it was uh, Macho Man and what oh man, who was it? Mr. Perfect versus uh Roddy Piper and somebody. God mm-hmm. forgive me for that. God knows I can't even remember right now. But he said Andre the Giant as the um Special guest referee. referee. You know, so I just thought that was just so cool, you know. And then he says he's probably getting all jacked up, you know, but Moolah May Young. Uh, 
And so it just, it, you know, you could see that there was genuine love there. And Hogan's tweet is actually the tweet, man. If you remember in the gr- group chat, I sent, I saw his tweet about six to eight minutes after he tweeted and said, Mean Gene, I love you, brother. And my first thought was like, No, no, don't tell me. Because that's what happens a lot of times. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. I remember with Dusty Rhodes that day, I was scrolling up on Twitter and right there was Triple H. You know, uh, he his was forthcoming, you know, uh, sad to announce the passing of D- Dusty Rose. It's like, oh, my goodness. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, speaking of Dusty, let's talk about his son, Cody. Oh, boy. Talking <laughs> about Cody. You know, I, I'm going to give um, I got to get his brother a shout out, man, because he's always he's been a day one supporter of the wrestling realm. And that's our good buddy, Nino. <laughs> he says, you and Dwayne Allen need to do a new podcast because AEW will be a success. Emoji 100. We saw the uh, announcement. Mm-hmm. AEW, All Elite Wrestling. They've added Chris Jericho, Pac, formerly known as Neville, Joey Janela, Britt Baker, um, Cody and the Bucks were, according to Dave Meltzer, have signed five-year deals. Your Good th- gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Last week, you stated you just needed more information. And I think a lot of people got that. You wasn't saying this promotion is going to die. You was sure yeah. wasn't saying that. Nobody ever said it wasn't going to be a success. Bingo. <laughs> you know? So, your thoughts. Unleash the realness. Like that was the biggest thing, and and I knew it probably was going to be misappropriated because if you look at wrestling Twitter today, there's a as, oh you have two sides of wrestling fans. There's there's, there's the smart group. It's like, look, we all love wrestling. Let's not cause no fake wars out here. Mm-hmm. And let's not start trying to put each other against each other because we prefer one product over the other. Um, I and I just recorded my realness reacts to to AEW the press conference in particular. Mm-hmm. Um. The other day, like I said, I, I, I kind of stand by my statement. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm still not drinking the Kool-Aid, but let me explain what I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid about. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid that this is going to change anything in the world of professional wrestling when it comes to competition to the WWE. And if you don't believe me, JR said the same thing. Mm-hmm. But like, like JR said and on, on the Ross report, it does not mean that this company is not going to be successful. Like I said, we still have very little information on what exactly this really means in regards to a promotion. Because there's a lot of things you have to take into consideration when you're talking about a national wrestling promotion. Is this a company that's just going to do house shows and major pay-per-views and big arenas? Or is this is this a, a wrestling company that's trying to strike a TV deal? Because mm-hmm. then at, at that point, you bring a whole bunch of other factors into things, and it changes what you claim you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. For example, AEW, All Elite Wrestling, is saying this is a promotion for the fans. Okay, we've heard that before, fair. But my question is, for one, in what way? And, and, and in, in what way does that change when you decide you want a TV deal? Because now it's not just about the fans. You have to answer to television executives that may not be familiar with your, with your, with your, with your property. They yeah. may not be familiar with your trademarks or your product that you're putting on in the ring. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to care if the Khan family or if the fans like your stuff. It's like, look, we're paying big money for you to get these spots on television. In what way does this benefit us and our conglomerate? Right? Mm-hmm. That, 
that's one question you have to ask. Another question you have to ask is, okay, what kind of contracts are you signing these superstars to? I'm curious. Um, I think the biggest shock everybody saw was like Chris Jericho, Pac, formerly known as Neville. Um, but the guys like SoCal Uncensored, Joey Janela, M- MJF, stuff like that, Hangman Page, it made me really wonder. I said, okay, what exactly does this do to the rest of the world of professional wrestling? Let me explain. Everybody wants to talk about how it affects the WWE, the WWE, the WWE. I get it. It's the big dog. Of course, it's going to make sense. That's what you have to say. But Cody Rose has stepped foot in a number of different pro wrestling promotions all around the world. Since he left. As a competitor, Mm -hmm. bringing and drawing money to their companies. And now he has gone to start his own. And, it, and now he's pulling wrestlers from these various promotions when they're free agents and signing them to these very family-friendly contracts. They're saying, you know what? We're going to take care of you guys. Well, wait a minute. So what does that mean? Is Ring of Honor going to lose talent now? Because everybody's going to say, well, my contract is up with them. I'm going to AEW. Hangman Page came out there and said, this is the best first day on the job I've ever had. <laughs> I don't have to answer to any corporate suits. Because like I said, you're working for a company owned by a television conglomerate. It's always a different ball game. What does that mean for the NWA? What does that mean for New Japan Pro Wrestling? They actually came out and said, well, let's, let's put it this way. I don't know if they said that exactly, but I read somewhere, excuse me, that New Japan Pro Wrestling has already made it clear that they will continue their partnership with Ring of Honor and not All Elite Wrestling. What does that mean for Cody Rose and Young Bucks in regards to these other promotions? Can those guys carry a promotion, them and Jericho <laughs> and Pac and Britt Baker? I'm curious. I honestly, I don't know. Because, like I said, the, all these places you've stepped in, Evolve, Progress, Revolution Pro, UK, now you're competition, right? Mm-hmm. Let's not pretend like we're all in one big happy family. What is going to be the working relationship between All Elite Wrestling and these other promotions? Are they going to be afraid to sit there and do a talent share program with All Elite Wrestling because All Elite is guaranteeing good money? I don't know the type of contracts that people are going to get. Bad boy Joey Janela. I remember seeing him the most in Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. How do they feel about the situation now? Right. Cody revived his career in Ring of Honor for the most part. And the Young Bucks spent majority of the career between New Japan and Ring of Honor. They've left. Yeah. Hangman Page was a Ring of Honor product as far as I'm concerned. He's gone. Mm-hmm. How do they feel about it? How does Billy Corgan in the NWA feel about AEW? How does Joe Koff in Ring of Honor feel about AEW. How does New Japan Pro Wrestling feel about AEW? To me, that's where the conversation needs to go because now that affects everybody else. If you're going to pay me $150 per match, but AEW says, now we're going to sign you to a fat contract because we care about you. Hmm. It's almost a no-brainer. So what does that mean for the business of professional wrestling? What if these other companies can't sign these guys to those type of contracts? Does that mean they change their business or do they lose their stars? You know, I'm, I'm, you, you're making a lot of sense, and it just brought up something to my mind. What's the difference with Cody's doing than Vince Jr.? Obviously, Vince wasn't a wrestler, and he, but to me, and, and I could be going off on a limb here, and this is where you bring me back from, I am, but like, I'm, you know, I'm listening to you, and I'm like, man, that really sounds a lot like Vince McMahon when, you know, you had the territories and the working relationships, and then Vince went, you know, said, no, I want to compete. 
Things began to change when Vince Jr. decided he wanted to go national. Mm-hmm. His father was against it. That's that's the big story that we always hear about the McMahon family and the change of the WWF. Mm-hmm. Vince decided to say, look, not only am I taking your talent and your regional territory, I decided, you know what, we, we want to put our stuff in syndication all across the country now. Yep. That changes things. Now, all of a sudden, promoters were like, we got to start protecting our assets and our profits, but they already sold everything to Vince. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and 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 if you can probably look at it on a lesser scale, let's be. What difference? How does this sound any different from what Jeff Jarrett decided to do with TNA? Yeah. When WCW went under, and it kind of, you know, sat there for a year about two thousand and two. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, let's not forget there was a lot of Hall of NWA Hall of Famers and WCW guys that started out in TNA. Right. They eventually started working for the WWE again. We're talking guys like Dusty Rose. We're talking guys like Ricky Steamboat. We're talking guys like Larry Zbysko. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then you got you got guys like um, uh, Vince Russo, of course, working Jerry Jarrett. You know Jeff Jarrett, of course. And then, so what's the difference between Jeff Jarrett and and the Carter family with Panda Energy versus Cody Rhodes and the Khan family? Mm-hmm. Now, right now, it's too early to say. Don't get me wrong, because we don't have we still don't have enough information. We just have all we have is to go off is this recent press conference and their initial plans for what they plan to do. In the immediate future, there's still not a lot of details. All we know is they're signing these guys to contracts. I'm like, okay, cool. When I, when I hear contract, it sounds kind of ironclad, not just, okay, you're booked for this performance, you're booked under for this, or you're a free agent. I don't know what this all means. Uh-huh. When I hear Joey Janela and MJ, I'm like, do they sign these guys to contracts? Or, or are they just saying these are guys that are working per appearance? I don't know the nature of these contracts, what they're talking about. Right. So it makes me wonder, what... What difference is this between TNA? Don't get me wrong. TNA did something very different, and they brought us a lot of stars that we never had access to. So is AEW doing the same thing? Mm-hmm. Are they going to create their own superstars, or are they just taking current guys and giving them opportunities and giving them a chance? That, I don't know. That's a good point right there. Because, you know, do they? that's what I want to see, right? You just hit it right on the head. Can they create new superstars? And, and and listen to me. This is not the first time this has happened. And and I and I and I put emphasis on that as to why I'm saying. Look, I think this is great. It's going to be. Absolutely, I'm going. I'm already a huge fan of it before I even watch it. Absolutely. But don't start selling me that. Oh, here comes competition garbage. And I'm like, listen, I'm not buying it. You're not going to get me overly hyped and overly gassed about a new promotion because everybody's excited about the bells and whistles. Because there was a time when TNA and Ring of Honor was doing talent sharing and to the point where they said you could no longer use TNA guys or Ring of Honor DVDs. Ring of Honor said, look, this is how we make majority of our money. All of a sudden, TNA stopped releasing their guys to do Ring of Honor shows. Mm-hmm. So guys like AJ Styles couldn't go back and forth to Ring of Honor. Roderick right. Strong could no longer go back and forth between TNA and Ring of Honor. He had to make a choice. Austin Aries couldn't go back and forth between Ring of Honor and TNA. He had to make a choice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because that's when TNA decided they wanted to become competition. What happens now with AEW when they decided, hey, you know, let's let's do some sort of talent sharing opportunity because you you haven't signed enough to really make any real noise. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. They've got some really top talented guys that are currently on the landscape of professional wrestling, but a lot of those guys are gone. Once again, I, I, I make my favorite point. If this was 2015, things would be really interesting right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my favorite line. If this was 2015 in the state of independent wrestling and way global wrestling was set up, it would be a really interesting time right now. But right now, I just think it's fresh. I think it's fun. I think it's exciting. 
but is it game changing? Honestly, I don't know. Uh, no, I take it back. Yes, it is. It's definitely game changing. I'm not taking nothing away from Cody Rose and the Young Bucks. It is definitely revolutionary mm-hmm. in its own right. Is it going to change anything? Absolutely. Is it going to be competition for the WWE? Of course not. Nobody thinks that it is. And if you do, I, I mean, more power to you. But like I said, for me, I'm still in a wait and see approach. Don't get me all hyped up like this is going to be a fresh national brand to the level in which WCW was able to compete with the WWF slash WW. No, it's still WWF. Uh, you know, during that era that that brought us so many mega moments. But do I think it's an opportunity for for guys to have jobs and to perform? And even more wrestling, absolutely, and that's the best part about it. That's the part I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, man, uh, it's definitely going to be interesting, um, you know. And I'm just wondering. I mean, well, you you said something. You, were you surprised that Jericho went? No, of course not. Okay, yeah, I thought you, I thought you mentioned people were surprised. No, but see, the thing is, I don't think nobody thought that Jericho would openly professed to signing a contract with another company. Okay. Uh, right. I got you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. like I said, and the reason is, is I think everybody's buzzing because they keep using the C word. They keep saying contracts. Uh-huh. Like when he worked New Japan, he never said, I'm signing a New Japan pro wrestling contract. And held one of their WGP titles. He held the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Uh-huh. He still had his Jericho Cruz he still showed up on Raw, was it the, uh, what was that, whatever, was that 25th anniversary or whatever it was, or I don't know if it was a thousand episode or whatever. He mm-hmm. showed up on Raw still. Like, it wasn't a thing. Now they're like, I'm signing contracts, I'm all in for all elite wrestling. I'm like, what does that really mean? <laughs> and we don't know what these contracts state, you know what I mean? And that's that's the part. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I, I, I definitely applaud the marketing department. Mm-hmm. Because if you think that they're not saying the word contract, just happenstance, it's trust me, it's definitely on purpose. When you say you're signing guys, I'm like, that means you're pretty locked in. You're not just booking people. There's a difference between signing somebody and booking people. And when I'm hearing these people say, oh, I'm signed to all elite wrestling, I'm like, what does that mean? What do you mean you're signed? Like, like you signed exclusive guy. Like, Ring of Honor has guys that are signed, but there is not everybody's. Signed long-term contract or exclusive contract with Ring of Honor. Usually, Jay Lethal's or Adam Cole's did for their last runs. Right. Uh, Jay Lethal still. Um, but I'm I'm curious to know what that really means. Well, yeah, that's certainly interesting, man. Um, you know, we're gonna take our first break uh, before we, because then we're gonna get back and talk some WWE, and we're gonna talk some New Japan. I got the right guy to talk New Japan, but before we do that, I gotta. Word from my good friend Jordan, who has a gaming podcast. So here's a word from her. What's up, guys? It is Jordan Curl. I am the host and producer of the On The Sticks podcast. You can hear the show every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else that podcasts are heard. We discuss gaming, esports, and any other topics that's on your mind, featuring guest interviews as well as news from around esports. I hope you're tuned in. And now, Back to Break It Down with Brian H. Brought to you by The Wrestling World. And we're back. Folks, make sure you check out the On The Sticks pod brought to you by Jordan Curl. Especially if you're a 
Huge Gamer. That's the podcast you want to check out. So, let's go back to WWE. Brock Lesnar returned this Monday on Raw, finally. And he decided eventually to go to the ring and face square off with Braun Strowman. Did you see that part? Did you pay attention? Or? Yes, I did. Okay. No, I, I, I actually watched Raw. I was actually... Actually, I was actually looking forward to actually watching Raw. It's, it's been a while, but yeah, yeah. Because and, and you know, I've been, I, I've I've come to accept that Brock Lesnar is the Universal Champion. While you've all time, <laughs> you've always you know been a fan of it. Um, and most of the time, I was wondering, like, was this just because you don't like Roman Reigns or didn't like the way Roman Reigns was being booked? I should say because you never had a problem with the guy. You just didn't like what they were shoving him down throats. Um, but you know, I've come to the conclusion, you know, it is what it is. Uh, are you sold that Braun Strowman can beat him for the title? No, I'm not. <laughs> okay, I'm just glad and I'm not the only one. And let me tell you why I'm not. One, he's fresh off an injury. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know where he is as far as his injury. And I think the opposite when Braun was at his, 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 uh, at the peak of his game. Mm-hmm. They didn't really capitalize on it. And I was watching, I was watching Raw per the usual on a Monday, working on stuff for the wrestling realm as we speak. And I was scrolling through wrestling Twitter, as I like to call it, and I saw a tweet that made me uncomfortable because it was so true and I've had to think about it. And it was something to the degree of it's sad, but Braun Strowman is just Big Show Jr. And he said he they said he's big enough to be a monster and he main event guy where you can kind of plug and play him at any point in time into the title match, but not really a serious contender or a guy that you really expect to carry the brand. And I was like, ouch. Because it started to look really true, especially after that promo. Mm -hmm. I think he to me, I could be wrong, but I'm watching and Braun Strowman gets on the mic and he's calling out Brock Lesnar, his crazy monster voice. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's the beginning of the promo. And then Paul Heyman had his turn. Mm-hmm. And to me, I didn't realize what I thought I was looking at, but it might have been a sink or swim moment for Braun Strowman because Paul Heyman said what he had to say. He made his, he made what he had to say. He kind of taunted him, and Brock said, "Let's sit." And then sat there, and they said, "Let's see what Braun has." Finally, and he and he just kind of waited. And Braun grabs the mic and he goes, you're in the ring. And, uh, and I'm like, oh. Yes. I said. <laughs> I knew, um, it's funny. I knew he was going to fry his butt for that. <laughs> and, 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 I'm, and, I, and, I, and it caught my attention. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I said, are they throwing him to the wolves right now to see if he can hang with the big dogs? And Paul him was like, is that, all, is that all he has? Is that all you guys? I'm like, oh. And you heard the fans kind of like, oh. And Braun grabs the mic and he's like, all I'm hearing, and he's raising his voice. I'm like, yo, you, you're raising your voice. Like the psychology will tell you, listen, you raising your voice is not making anybody less scared because <laughs> they're backstage and you're in the ring, mm-hmm. and all you're doing is raising your voice before the climax of the situation. So then he's raising his voice again, and he's saying this stuff, and it's not working, and, and it kind of falls flat. And that's when Brock goes, ah, let's, let me go see what he has to say. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, I hope, I hope they ain't throw Braun to the wolves, see if he can hang with the big dogs. Kind of like what, when John Cena did to, to Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. The, same way, the same way The Rock did it to John Cena. Was like, look, you know, we kinda, let's see if you can hang with the big dog. Let's see if you can fly by the seat of your pants. Because if you're going to be the guy, you kind of got to be able to do that. Or you have to have someone like a Paul Heyman that can do that for you. 
And to me, I was like, ooh, Bron, you you you're yelling and screaming, you snatched off your shirt so soon and you got overly hyped, but then you had to come down to explain yourself just to get hype again, and then you had to come down to explain yourself, and then you got even louder, and I'm like, Where's this going? He's not afraid of you, bro. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the real Dwayne Allen. Give it to you. Oh, it's only the realness can. And at that moment, I said, Oh no, this is not going to end well on Strowman. <laughs> so that's the reason <laughs> I said to myself, Oh, I think Brock's gonna hold this for a little while longer. Because <sighs> if you, you can't just go from Brock Lesnar to mediocre money, it makes sense. Roman Reigns beating Brock Lesnar, as much as I didn't like it, of course. But I've never been a big Roman Reigns fan. But it makes sense because Roman Reigns, regardless, is, your, is one of your money makers. He's made it in your last 30 WrestleManias. Mm-hmm. Right? So it makes sense because that's a money guy. Then you look at Braun, you're like, eh. When Goldberg beat Kevin Owens, it was kind of obvious what was going to happen. Because I'm like, well, this is a big money thing. Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar for the universal title. The title's still kind of fresh. It's still kind of new. It's still trying to... To me, I say this, and this is why I'm, I'm a, always a huge fan of Brock Lesnar. Um, he has solidified that title. Uh-oh, hold on, pause. Shark, calm down. Let, let him explain. <laughs> he has solidified that title. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter how many times you saw him show up. He is a big deal. He's going to be on ESPN. He's going to be on Fox Sports. He's going to be on every major news outlet no matter what he does. He's the only person I know in professional wrestling that can make an announcement about what he's going to do when his contract is up, and it makes news. Nobody cares if John Cena's contract is coming up. It's not going to be in the sports news because there's always this thing in the back of everybody's mind. He should go back to USC and give it a go one more time. He's old as dirt. But, yeah, he's such a money draw. Just him showing up, it means money. It means dollar signs. It means eyes to your product. It means streams. He is big money. So him having it makes it such a big deal because fans hate the fact that he won't even show up because he doesn't care. In Braun's promo, he sat there and told Paul Heyman, I got to get home. Mm-hmm. But Braun's out there screaming, and, yeah, you got to come. I'm about to come. He looked, at Peter, he looked at Paul Heyman and said, I got I to gotta, I gotta get home soon. He's a big money draw. So whoever holds that title afterwards, is going to be a big deal. That title's not going to be considered a second-tier title because if you look at those names that have been associated with that title, Brock Lesnar is the biggest one. Mm -hmm. He's been the most consistent. Maybe not in the ring or showing up on the road or on the show, but in regards to a champion who's Mm -hmm. defended it on the biggest stage time after time after time, who else holds a better space with that title? Please tell me. Whether you like it or not. You're right. You like it. But what I'm saying, when you look at that belt, who do you think of? Be honest. Brock. There you go. Yes, I mean, well, he's got over 500 days with it. Yeah. Maybe six. And he he showed up on on TV uh, uh, a total of eight times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, there you have it. It is what it is. That's all I'm saying. Uh. And, and, and I wanted to say in that moment, I, w- I wish I could say Roman. Unfortunately, you know, it was going to be Roman. It don't, was. Don't, trust me, he he was going to be wearing that strap today. But you know what made me mad about Roman's reign? Uh, Baron Corbin, man, just suspending his title defenses until uh, I was called the Greatest Royal Rumble, Crown Jewel, 
And then obviously what happened, because to me, it seemed like Roman was ready to defend that title. He was trying to go like Bret Hart-esque, you know what I mean? To make a point because Brock wasn't defending the title, except on big money matchups. So that's, you know, um, but you're right. It would, it would be him, but it is Brock Lesnar. He's the, he's the biggest name to hold the title. As much as I like Kevin Owens, and, you know, Finn Balor's okay, but it's definitely Brock Lesnar. Why is he even in the conversation, yo? <laughs> he was the first. That, I, that's the only reason why I got to put him in the conversation. He does, it doesn't, you can't call that a run. It, it's not, but he, You called it a run. You I, said it was a run. I said a run. I said, well, people hold the title. The names oh, okay. who hold the title. Oh, okay. I got it. Title. But let's speak of a, a title that I love, a title that's always been, you know, been around since I've been watching wrestling, the WWE Championship. Like, we saw Daniel Bryan start off the show, and he's in the crowd, man, and, you know, back, you know, at the concession stands, he's smacking stuff out of people's hands, and then he comes out there, he beats your boy, R-Truth, um, only to leave for, you know, AJ Styles and whatnot. Just three legends all by themselves. <laughs> three legends their own way by themselves. Uh, are you... Uh, no, that's the wrong question. I was about to say what you do. We're getting AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan again, right? Right. Were you surprised? Did you think that the company was going to go in a different direction? Maybe throwing like Rey Mysterio or, some, or maybe even Mustafa Ali. Were you surprised they gave us this match again? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. And, I, and I'll say that because um, for big pay-per-views like the Royal Rumble, that's one of your, you know, that's one of your OGs. That's one of your big dogs throughout the year. There's so, there's so much that comes with the Royal Rumble, um, mm. uh, both the Royal Rumble winner and the title match. You're never going to go wrong with AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan because they both have enough knowledge, skill, ability, and experience in the ring that they can tell a different story every single time they get in the ring. Mm-hmm. Cause you saw the same thing with AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and their feud never got old. Only real vets can do that. Ric Flair was a master of it. You know, I think, I think uh, wrestlers from the older generation mastered it more than current modern day wrestlers because a lot of those guys were wrestling each other the same night, sometimes for a year straight. Mm-hmm. And the way regional television worked, you know, it kind of forced you to have to do those types of things um, versus when you have national syndication, you're like, oh, shoot, you know, this is, this, this is, the fans are consuming the same match over and over again, just in front of different audiences around the world. I think with AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, to me, it never gets old. To me, it's, it's, it's a dream come true. It's a dream match. It never gets old, especially with the switch up in the authority figures changing on both shows. Mm-hmm. Triple H challenging his guy, Seth Rollins. McMahon challenging his guy. And don't get me wrong, it's definitely his guy, AJ Styles. <laughs> bringing that side. Now we're seeing a different AJ Styles because here's the dynamic of the situation. AJ Styles was the face that ran the place. He was exciting. He was the new John Cena. He was the family-friendly face of WWE and the WWE Championship. Daniel Bryan comes back and goes, you guys love me the same way, and you turned on me. You're fake. You're fickle. I want nothing to do with you. I'm going to start being myself, and there's nothing you can do about it. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get what I want. Mm -hmm. Cool. McMahon had to force AJ Styles to snap into that pit bull that he's always said he wanted to see from AJ Styles. (laughs) AJ Styles mentioned that when he first got to the WWE. He said, where does that mean that's that pit bull? And guess what? That AJ Styles is back because he lost what was most important to him by a cheater, mm-hmm. by a shyster in Daniel Bryan. 
So now we're going to see a different dynamic come Royal Rumble because we're going to see a more violent, a more edgier, a more pit bullish AJ Styles versus the new Daniel Bryan. So it's the real AJ Styles versus the new Daniel Bryan. And I'm saying to myself, oh my goodness, this match is the reason I kind of don't care about too much outside of WWE because years ago, this is a match I never thought I'd have. So I'm kind of stuck in this moment. Mm-hmm. So was I surprised that you get this at the Royal Rumble? I was like, whoa, this is a, it was a pleasant surprise, but I'm not surprised. It was like, oh, why are they going to give this to us again? But I'm like, well, it kind of makes sense because it's the Rumble. Like what, what else? You're not going to take a risk on a first matchup for the WWE Championship outside of the Royal Rumble itself because that will announce the winner that goes on to face, I guess, either the Universal Champion or the WWE Champion. But we can't even say it's for the main event anymore because I guess they're saying it now. It doesn't guarantee you the main event slot. Mm-hmm. So was I surprised? N- n- not at all. You can't go wrong with AJ Styles and Daniel Ryan. Yeah, man. It's it's going to be great. Um this was a match I wanted to see at WrestleMania, to be honest with you. Um, right. But I, I I wanted to see it in a different dynamic, meaning, you know, I, you know, I was thinking about the, I guess, the story that we all thought we would get, where Daniel Bryan would go ahead, win the Royal Rumble, and then have the ultimate showdown with AJ Styles, yada, yada, yada. But I think I like this one more because I'm not, you know, eventually that was going to get old, and I got to admit that. Um, the whole yes movement, and not so much the yes movement, but the feel good story. Because no matter what, AJ Daniel Bryan had came back, and he was still the number two babyface. AJ Styles was that much of the number one babyface, you know. So I'm I'm, I'm excited about this one. I I love the stuff that they're doing backstage, you know. Um, let's talk about Seth Rollins, man. Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Rollins got in Triple H's face, like you said, uh, smacked the cup out of his hand. Rollins would go ahead and beat Am- um He would challenge Ambrose to a no-DQ match. He would lose after Bobby Lashley got involved. Uh, is that where we're going next? I think I think so. I mean, that's the, the fun part about the switch-up, the change-up. I mean, this is kind of what we were looking for um, kind of early on in the year with the change WWE. Um, the first the fresh matchups, excuse me. Like when Bobby Lashley came back, there was a list of people that we all wanted him to, to, to get in the ring with. Seth Rollins was one of those people. And we, we wanted to see uh, Bobby Lashley in a main event role. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about putting the focus on being the main guy, the top guy, the, the title contender. I mean, because what else are we fighting for on this show? And sometimes mm-hmm. when you're like, oh, well, let's put these guys in these kind of these side stories until we find a way to put them into the main event. It's nothing wrong with saying, look, I want to be the top guy around here. And there's nothing wrong with four other guys saying, I am not trying to hear that because I'm trying to be the top guy. You got a guy like Seth Rollins that finally gets his mojo back. He's, he finally gets rolling. And he had Dean Ambrose done. And here comes the Dominator. Mm-hmm. Bobby Lashley comes and ruins everything. And I'm like, oh, no, this is not going <laughs> to end well for somebody. Yeah. So I think Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley is probably the next move, and I'm excited to see it because it's so fresh. It's so different. It's a chance for Bobby Lashley to get in the ring with one of the golden boys of the WWE and show that he can hang in that main event slot and 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 really, you know, give us a fresh story that we probably have not seen before, or at least not on the WWE stage. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's going to be good. Um, we know that 
we know Rollins can go. Like you said, this to me, it's it's time for the WWE fans to see a new Bobby Lashley as far as you know, working with the Golden Boy, one of the right. Golden Boys. You know, um, let me take a quick break. Got a word from the Flex Zone. This is D from the Flex Zone. Check out Break It Down with Brian Waters. Ooh, yeah, nigga, freak out. All right, and we're back. That was my man D from the Flex Zone. You heard him on here on the podcast before we did the TLC post show. Make sure you check out the Flex Zone each and every week. Uh, and they also got a YouTube channel. Subscribe to them, the Flex Zone, the first one. Uh, let's talk about the women, man. Naomi, Mandy Rose, this thing is heating up, I tell you. Um, on Monday, I mean, on Tuesday, we saw the Usos take on, on the bar. If the Usos win, they get a tag team title opportunity, like they need another one. Um, but, you know, that's my favorite tag team. But nonetheless, Mandy Rose comes out in a towel and teases Jimmy, distracts Jimmy Uso. And afterwards, we see Mandy, um, we see Naomi beat the living smack out of her until at one point she was taking on, ooh, drop the headset. One point she was taking on her and Sonya Deville at the same time. Only, you know, eventually it would be too much for her. What do you think, man? <laughs> I think this gives the women another interesting dynamic to perform. And what I mean by that, if, if you're not familiar with the jargon I'm using, <laughs> a, a lot of times the women will kind of only be showcased in these one okay she she wants to be the champion okay she wants to be the champion okay well mm-hmm. we all can't be the champion and that was kind of you guys had random good matches and that's it to mm-hmm. me this is very very um very old schoolish i guess you can say now where it's a story it's a believable story it makes sense you know what i mean mm-hmm. you have these two these two young upstarts sonya deville and uh and mandy rose that are kind of they, they, they're kind of trying to feel their way. And you have sort of a veteran in, in Naomi that's like, nah, I don't care who you new girls are. You got to get them. You got to stake, stake your claim. And they're like, okay, cool. We got something for you. And they're not going head up like, well, I'm better than you. You're better than me. Let's compete. No, they, they've gone in a very devious way. They've mm-hmm. taken very real-life situations because you have um, uh, Naomi and Jimmy Uso and their marriage. It's always it's, it's been portrayed in so many different lights on television or on uh, on the actual shows, and then on shows like Total Divas. So it's not like it's something that's that we're not familiar with. So to be able to use that and have this interesting dynamic of this 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 blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white lady coming after this black woman's husband, I'm like, oh boy, this is this is <laughs> written all over it. Yeah. I mean, that's TV. You know what I mean? That's that's very soap opera. And like I said, it's very believable because like I said, these girls are trying to get under this, trying to get under Naomi's skin. You know, they're trying to cause her to crack and they're getting very, very personal. And it's like, man, it you and Naomi is so beside herself that she's that she just kind of snaps, but she it kind of it kind of messes with her better judgment. And, and she walks into these traps over and over again. And her husband's like, look, don't pay this stuff no mind. But she's like, no, nah, I'm not going to be disrespected. It's like, man, I want to see where this goes. What actually happens when Mandy Rose has to get in a ring with Naomi? Or what happens if you know, Sonya Deville and Manny Rose decided they, they're going to find a way to take Naomi out. She's got to find somebody else. She's got to find a partner. Uh-huh. I mean, goodness gracious, God forbid Bianca Belair shows up swinging that ponytail. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, her yeah. Mandy Rose already had some issues on Twitter a few um, months ago. Several just months saying. ago. I'm just saying. 
She, I, and I believe she said she, you know, she kind of went on Twitter and said like, "Hey, sis, you know, I'm here if you need me." Yeah, yeah um, a while ago when they first started beefing, I remember that before her, before her and Oscar teamed up. Mm-hmm. But it's fun though. Like I said, it's, it it what what I'm glad that they're not doing is they're not going. Look at women, 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 women. We're women. Be proud of women. That's cool. We've done that. But mm-hmm. give me a reason to really be interested in this story with the women, not because they're women, but because it's an actual good story. And I feel like that's what we're getting. I'm like, oh man, this is going to be good. Like every time they come on, I'm like, checking on Twitter and checking this. <laughs> like, that's a segment that I can't miss because I don't know what they're going to do next. Like Mandy Rose is crossing the line, and I'm like, oh boy, she is I don't know. really crossing the line. That's her right. husband, exactly. You know like that's her husband. And I'm like, oh, they're doing this on TV. I'm like, oh, this is not going to end well. Man, you know you guys said like the kids said today. That's her husband, husband. Like that's her husband, husband. Not like that's her <laughs> husband. Like that's her husband, husband. Like mm-hmm. they are married, married. Yeah, but you so, know what? And, and the thing I was happy with that Naomi, couple two words and then pow. You know, ain't no. So what you doing out there? That was like so, like you said, believable. You yeah. know, because we go back to we always talk about it when. She was, they was trying to make her heal, and it's just like, no, you're not believable. That was so believable because she do look like a woman. If you mess with her husband, she will knock you out. You know, I have a black wife, I know what they're capable of. Oh boy, <laughs> I, got, I got nerves hearing you talking about it. <laughs> but, um, man, speaking of, let's move on to Raw though. Sasha Banks, man, she defeats Nia Jackson, will face Ronda Rousey after Rousey initially wanted to give her. The title match, um, woo! What does uh, you've been one, and and you've made the internet upset with your views on Sasha. I always when, make them upset. <laughs> they got to stop being so sensitive. I, I I know, right? Um, what what's your thoughts on this one? I think it's great um, for Sasha Banks, and I think it is easy to insert Nia Jackson to the mix the way that they have. Mm-hmm. Because um, there's, there's, like I said, when when Ronda Rousey has come in, there's a list of dream matches, and she is getting a crash course and complete in ring competition, and uh, she's learning from everybody she's in the ring with. I mean, she's been in the ring with just about all the major generals, mm-hmm. except Sasha Banks. Yeah, and I feel like that's a light that people are looking to see Sasha Banks in a little bit more. And this makes more sense to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of times, the issue we hear about in wrestling is, sure, you have an idea of what you want to do, but now it's, how do I pull this off? How do I make it make sense? And where do we go from here? Those are always the questions that I'm constantly hearing former executives in, in the wrestling business always explain as to why they tend to do things the way they do versus what fans actually actually want them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and for her to say, look, I, let's, there, there's one person that's, that deserves what's going on right now. The next contender should be the heart and soul of this division, Sasha Banks. The big bully comes back to the block. Ho, 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 ho. Time out. I don't care what you want. I'm going to tell you what's going on. I'm next in line. You got a problem to deal with. Sasha Banks pretty much said, look, look, I don't care who you think you are. Let's, let's do this old-fashioned. I'll settle in the ring. So they got in the ring. They told a wonderful story. Um, I wanted to see how Sasha Banks was going to survive this because I didn't know not even paying attention to her finisher. Because I was like, oh, man, that does make sense. Nia Jax got caught slipping mm-hmm. in, in, in a crazy situation. P- pull the hair back, position, boom. She taps. I'm like, oh, man, it's going to be good. I think Sasha Banks versus Ronda Rousey. Um, it's, uh, once again, it's a fresh matchup. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you didn't have to do months of planning just to make it make sense. Exactly. So, Arnold's like, look, I've, I'm about competition. I'm about defending the title. She's treating it like, and, and it's easy for her character because she's not over the top. I'm the MMA fighter. I'm like, she's not like Ken Shamrock. Mm-hmm. When Ken Shamrock debuted, he, he everything he did was kind of very uh, MMA fighter type of stereotype. Kind of always hopped up, always <laughs> wanting to fight, always like that was kind of the gimmick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ronda Rousey's kind of being Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. She's just in WWE now, so she's treating everything like a press. Like she treats her interviews like a press conference. Yeah, you know, I was just working hard, defending the championship like I do every day. I'm looking forward to, forward to the next competitor. I'm like, yeah, that's what she would do at a press conference. Mm-hmm. So she calls out her next opponent, saying, "Look, in the spirit of competition, I want to get in the room with her, see what she has. I want to prove that I'm the best." They say she's the best. Let's get it on. Here comes a big, ho, 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 big bully on the block. Wait a minute, what are you saying? I don't care what you feel like doing. At the end of the day, I want my rematch. Whatever the case may be, Sasha Banks goes out there. She holds her own. She proves it, and now she's kind of got her time in the spotlight at the Royal Rumble. And I think they're probably burning the house down. I mean, that's this. If there's one thing that Sasha Banks has always been, she's always been a show stealer when she's been in those one-on-one matches. Mm-hmm. Too many females, too many tag matches. You might sometimes she can get lost in the shuffle. But if she's if she's given enough time in the ring, in the right spotlight, in the right spot, she can be a show stealer. Mm-hmm. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to see what they come up with in, in the ring, and I'm also looking forward to see what happens afterwards because. Um, I don't know. That's you know, with does she take it lying down? Is it all good sportsmanship? Does cause we've seen Sasha Bank get overly competitive when she loses, she's not happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? She needs some time to get over it. So uh, that's the stuff that I'm looking forward to saying because what that does is that tells us where it goes next mm-hmm. and what we could potentially be looking forward to next. So Wow, man. Well, let's switch gears, man. Let's uh get into some new Japan. Um yes. <laughs> I see you get excited. So we saw eight title changes. I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm just going to kind of hit on some of the ones. And I'll start with the IWGP title. Um, your boy, Tanahashi, defeats Kenny Omega to win. What's this? Is, what, is this eight? I believe it's his... Um, I want to say... I don't know. Uh, one minute I want to say eight. Next minute I want to say ten. Another minute I want to say thirteen. Honestly, I don't remember. Okay. But, um, you know, he went on, he's the champ. Um, what's your thoughts and what'd you think about the match? Uh, oh, man. Um, I'll say this watching, um, the match between Tanahashi and Kenny Omega. First of all, I've never seen Tanahashi have a bad match since I've been a fan of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always questioned, uh, Kenny Omega's ability to really to really um, to be a top guy all the time, mm-hmm. not just to have good matches. But what I saw, what he did in the ring with Tanahashi, like I actually watched it. I said, man, it's, he, he's really, really good. And I feel like Tanahashi is that guy that brings that out of people, even at his age. As you know, But the ace of New Japan is just, he's, he's no joke. Um, I think Tanahashi has always been the standard bearer. Like I said, to me, he's always, he's the John Cena of New Japan pro wrestling. The same way, when The Rock and everybody was kind of leaving and Cena and Kurt Angle and all the, and Big Show, those kind of guys were kind of looked to be the the new guys coming up. And, and after a while, and Batista, of course, they they decided to build around John Cena. New Japan did the same thing with Tanahashi. They did the same thing with Shinsuke. Mm-hmm. And eventually with Okada later after that. But 
Tanahashi, like I said, to me, is just the standard bearer. Like, when you watch him in the ring, it's just like, man, it never gets old. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's how I feel. Like, I get lost watching his wrestling matches because I'm just kind of glued to the television. You, you, It's like if and, – and the crazy part is I like watch. I never like watching New Japan wrestling matches with the English commentary. To me, it doesn't fit. Oh, yeah? I have, I have, I have to watch it with the Japanese because – even the spots that they're calling as as the common the commentators are calling the match, it's just certain things that when Tanashi does, they they kind of know those cues, and it makes the match that much more amazing to me. And 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 that was one of the things I'm like, man, this dude is still doing it. And what he what he did with Kenny Omega was just amazing. Well, well deserved, mm-hmm. you know. What I mean, the Ace of New Japan. He that like I said on, on on Instagram, I said the king is back on his throne. Yeah, he's a star maker. I mean, you saying that watching on the Japanese commentary, man, that's got me thinking. Like, see, I watch the English because, you know, I get a chance to learn the stories the way they can, you know, best explain it to me. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I might have to go back and watch the match with the Japanese commentary. <laughs> I, ne- I, I, I never watch New Japan matches with the English commentary. I, I don't like Really? <laughs> I think the first time that I tried to listen to it was when. I believe JR and Kelly Kelly did Oh, that. no wonder. Okay. They did they did the um I forgot what it was in New Japan. Was no, Russell I think it was Kingdom. the first time Wrestle Kingdom was, was simulcast with, with English commentary. Yeah. Cause I remember everybody made a big deal that Jim Ross was gonna be on there. And everybody's like, Oh, I'm so glad to hear his voice and yada yada. And I'm like, um That's all it really was. Cause I remember you and a lot of the New Japan faithful was like, This is terrible. <laughs> Yeah, he's eight, eight time, eight time my WGP. Yeah, I didn't like it at all because I'm because I'm used to seeing clips with the Japanese commentary. Okay, and, and the commentators they just you may not really fully understand what they're saying, but I mean it's it's I can't explain it. It's tough when you watch it. It's like there's certain cues that they're just on time with, and everything is so quick and it's so on pace that I feel like the, the American translators don't always catch those nuances. And mm-hmm. to me, to me, it adds the, it's it adds specialty to the match. Like when they call certain stuff, the excitement in certain moments, it kind of keeps my eyes on those spots as, as well, so I don't miss those moments. So mm-hmm. any, anytime I see, especially a big match like anything with Tanahashi in it, anytime you see Okada, anytime you see Naito, I'm like, oh no. Anytime you see Tiger, uh, um, Tiger, uh, what's his last name? The referee, the guy who books pretty much the the shows, and then of course Red Shoes. Those yeah. are all big matches. Yeah. Anytime you see those guys in the ring, I don't want to hear nothing English commentary. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Kenny Omega, man. WWE or AEW? <sighs> man, I don't know, especially after watching that AEW press conference today. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, I don't know what Kenny Omega's motives are. Right. We don't know what he's trying to prove. Um, WWE, like, you, you, you work so hard to get to the WWE mm-hmm. because if that was the case, he would have stayed in new Japan. If they were paying him, he was happy. He was comfortable. It depends on what he wants to do. I don't know if he wants to be one of those guys. Say, you know what? I want to be the innovator. I want to be like the sting. You know, at one point, everybody said, I want to be like the AJ styles, the, yeah. the, the, the guy that could travel the world and make as much money and not do it in the WWE. Mm-hmm. But then when those guys got to the WWE, they said, yeah, I should have been here the entire time. This is always the goal. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? Can he be that guy? And what point does he have to prove? Does he feel like building another company? Is his legacy to build a new legacy in, in the world of professional wrestling? Or does he want to bang with the best? Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? All the major studs that he danced with, that he had, that he's been compared to, they're all waiting for him at the E. Now, if you want to be a big fish in a small pond, by all means. If you want to revolutionize the business, by all means. That's why Cody and the Young Bucks decided to do what they wanted to do. Because they weren't concerned with being the best and being with the best. They wanted to change the industry. My question is, is that what Kenny Omega wants to do? Yeah. I mean, one of the big, like, at the height of his popularity last year, I still thought he wasn't. I thought he would have got lost in the shelf in the WWE. After mm-hmm. this year, I'm saying to myself, he's the biggest unsigned superstar on the face of the planet that's not in the WWE, and everybody is tripping over him. I said, man, that was probably one of the... I said, yeah, at the height of his popularity, most people would say, you might as well go. Mm-hmm. But he decided to stay. I said, man, he's crazy. But looking at him now, there was, a, like I said before, there was a time where I did not see Kenny Omega as a major player in the WWE. Now I do. Yeah. I'm a believer. And I'm saying to myself, I think he can hold down one of those top spots. And I don't think he'll get lost in the shuffle in the WWE because he's a guy that, one, they're going to want to see. And, two, he's going to have his opportunity. And, three, they're going to test him the same way they did AJ. Mm-hmm. And now AJ is probably one of the biggest stars, if not the biggest star on the roster right now. Kenny Omega wow. could have that same opportunity. And if, right. and if it doesn't work out, he can always leave and go to AEW. But judging by the way things are now, the WWE may be a little bit more careful with how they treat their people and mm-hmm. what type of contracts they offer the guys because now there's more opportunities to go places. So, yeah. It's tough to say. Honestly, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's, this is going to be very interesting, man. And, and I like when it gets like this. I mean, for, for wrestling fans, it's like – um, July for NBA fans, you know, when we're chasing, wonder where LeBron James or oh, Kevin yeah. Durant's going to sign. I, for wrestling fans, that's what it's honestly like. You know, I remember a few years ago when Kurt Angle, when he decided to stick with TNA instead of going back to WWE, I remember being like sad. I'm like, man, like, that's I, was just... I, I was hurt too. I, I was like, <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I was like, come on, Kurt. But only oh, to find out he was still dealing with drug issues. Right. You know, so, you know, I mean, he's there now, and we've, we've been able to get some of the matches that we didn't think we would get. So, but um, let's just talk about some of these other title matches real quick. Um, Will Ospreay defeating Kota Ibushi for the never open weight title. Mm-hmm. This is a match that a lot of people, listen to a couple podcasts out there, um, one's Collar and Elbow, and they were talking about they were surprised. They, you know, thought they was getting one match, a high-flying match, but it was really, like, stiff. Did you get a chance to see it? I know you saw the spot where Osprey, you know, used the, um, that clothesline to the back of Ubushi's head. Yes, indeed, yeah. Yeah, but did you get, did you get a chance to see the whole match? I didn't get to see this whole match. Ooh, yes, I did. Goodness gracious. It was <laughs> very Japanese strong style. Okay. I yeah, that's what I keep hearing. The thing about Will Ospreay and Kota Ibushi is their versatility in the ring. Mm-hmm. I think people take for granted that they do the high-flying stuff, and they've been doing it for years. But they told a completely different story this this time around in the ring. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because of the championship they were fighting for, just to prove a point about the never-open-weight um, championship. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it was hard-hitting. Like, and, and I think they said Kota Ibushi ended up having a concussion. Yeah, that's what I heard. Um, but goodness gracious, oh boy! I mean, Will Will Ospreay has always been one of my guys. The minute he, um, like I said, I, I saw him years ago 
um, in a triple threat match, him, Marty Squirrel, and AJ Styles at Revolution Pro UK. And that's when I first discovered Revolution Pro um, UK. And those two guys in particular, and, they, and they've been high up on my list ever since. Um, so when he signed with New Japan and Marty Squirrel signed with Ring of Honor, I knew he was going to have more opportunities to do stuff like this once he kind of got out of the super junior category. Mm-hmm. And he still kind of is somewhat, but what I'm seeing is, and I'm seeing an evolution of both of these guys, but they've done the lightweight stuff. They've done the flips. They've done the spot monkey um, style matches, but this match was brutal. Oh. Um, I mean, whew, it, it, it kept me in awe and I was kind of shocked. I was like, man, I didn't know Will Ospreay kind of had that in him. Like you, you've seen signs of it, but it, it was, it was, ah, <laughs> I was like, this is tough. Wow. So yeah, let's hear. Um, you also had uh, Chris Jericho losing the uh, IWGP Intercontinental Championship to Tetsuya Naito. Mm-hmm. Um, did this really come off as a surprise? Not at all. Um, yeah. We look at Jericho's run with the IWGP Intercontinental Title. It's kind of been. It hasn't been that many defenses, right? There was a point in time I'm like, wait a minute, does he does he is he still the champion or what's the deal? Um, N- Naito uh, has had a run with the EIWGP Intercontinental Champion before, where he kind of just demolished the title. Like okay, he, he was thrown up in the air. I mean, it, <laughs> it took it took for Tanahashi to have to beat him. He literally he literally revived the strap and had to put new plates on the belt because of how beat up it was. Um, I'm afraid it's probably going to go back to that again with Naito. Mm-hmm. Um, his personality just kind of just doesn't care about anything. Kind of does what he wants to do. But I, I wasn't surprised. I think um, working with guys like Jericho helps a guy like Naito take his game to the next level. Mm-hmm. It, it puts him in a main event um, category that he's always been in, but sometimes this past year it seems like he's kind of been in and out of it. There, there was a time where he was getting a major, major push. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to say he fell by the wayside, but it's kind of like, well, well, what is he doing? You know what I mean? And um, kind of getting that rope from Jericho was kind of his way of saying, look, this is this is – this is a main event level kind of guy. And, and I'm kind of looking forward to what he does with it next, because I think he can kind of carry that brand and carry that title to a different place, depending on how they decide to book him and, de- and depending on what type of challengers they bring to him next. So I wasn't surprised. And, you know, of course, Jericho doesn't stay with no company long-term, uh, you know, not including AEW that he's <laughs> reportedly signed with. Um, right. So, yeah, that's, that was, um, like I say, it, you, I don't think you get you can't get a bad match out of Chris Jericho half the time with, with a guy like Naito mm-hmm. because Jericho's style is, is different in New Japan than what you see in the WWE. The, the limits are a little bit less skewered. Um, they, they, there's a little bit more freedom, and the type of character that Jericho has played in New Japan is completely different from anything we've seen of him in the WWE. So I think in, in his style in this match versus WWE, it kind of meshed well with Naito and his kind of devil may care attitude. So yeah. I enjoyed it. And then last uh, one we'll touch on, um, speaking of the next level, Juice Robinson defeating Cody Rhodes, or Cody, saw this was uh, nine minutes and two seconds. And I, w- I didn't get a chance to ask you this offline, but, hey, we're in the realm, so it's the perfect time to ask you. I heard somebody else agree with you uh, when I was listening to the podcast, uh, Colin Elbow, and they were saying everything you said about Cody that, leaves so much left to be desired in the ring. And they said pretty much the same thing. Could not remember um, Thank you. A, a great match. This is probably this is probably one of the more boring matches on the card. Okay. <laughs> if if listen to me, if you watch this match, listen, watch, listen, watch. I want you to watch Kenny Omega's match with Tanahashi, right? And and that's the mm-hmm. most extreme match you're gonna hear. No. Uh, I watched watch, that one. 
watch that match and then and then watch Okada versus um J uh Switchblade J White. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh and and then and listen to the audience. Everything Okada does, they trip for. Even when he snatched off his pants, he, he fake put his pants on and mm-hmm. he snatched those pants off and people went crazy. Yeah. Like you, you heard that in the arena. <laughs> Watch that Cody Rose Juice Robbins match. It is quiet. You can hear a, 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 a mouse pee on a cotton ball. That's how quiet it was in there. And I'm like, and I'm looking at this. I said, this match is, it's not boring, but it's, it's like, it's, there's much left to be designed. I'm like, okay, I got it. Is this go back to what you said before about Cody coming from money? And his whole style, like, does his matches know. reflect that? No, it's just, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what it is. I love Cody Rhodes, but his matches are like. Like, I'm always no, invested in his moments. And that's the thing. Like, I, I'm so invested in Cody Rhodes, but his, his wrestling match, and it's never because of his wrestling matches. Mm-hmm. I never look at his matches and say, man, that Cody Rhodes match was one that really made me, you know, I'm not, I'm just not feeling that. And, and this match was no different. I'm just like, God. I, I, I just. <sighs> That match probably would have meant more if he was in a ring with somebody. To me, that was a match for him to try to help make a superstar. That is oh. his responsibility as a veteran passing. But it just it seems so lackluster. Mm-hmm. Um, for what reason I don't know. But like I said, it's just difficult when you have a title like that with guys that are all over the place. Yeah. When Tanahashi has a match with you in New Japan, it's a big deal because that's the guy in New Japan. If you mm-hmm. can beat him, you're a made man in the in the conversation. Kenny Omega became the man because he beat him at some point. Yeah. Same thing with Okada because he beat him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Styles because he beat him. That solidified who you were in New Japan. Can I say the same thing about a guy like Cody Rhodes with a New Japan title? No, I can't because that belt is kind of like, yeah, I'm confused. I don't really know the importance of the United States Championship because I keep forgetting like, you guys got a United States Championship and you also got an Intercontinental Championship all on one brand. It's difficult. Now, yeah. I understand the United States Championship because that's the belt that kind of travels a little bit more. But I'm like, is that the one you just keep putting on the foreigners? Mm-hmm. Is that just a Gaijin title? I don't know. What are you telling me? But I don't know. It was like, it was cool. It was cool watching Cody Rhodes had the title and walk out with it. But I feel like it had little importance because I've seen Cody Rhodes in a thousand other places that he didn't have the title. Yeah. And I'll give you a prime example. Nick Aldis. Every time I see him, he's got that NWA championship and he's carried it like Ric Flair used to back in the day. Mm-hmm. He's got his, he got his, he's got his, his female bodyguard, but every that title looks so important to me because every time I see him, he has that title. In New Japan, you can't really travel anywhere outside of, outside of that uh-huh. title. All In didn't come off as big as it did because Kenny Omega didn't have the strap around his waist. Yeah, that's you know true. What I mean? So that's stuff like that to me makes it, it it messes with the perception, especially as an American wrestling fan watching foreign. Like I don't have uh, New Japan World, and New Japan doesn't have any weekly television. Mm-hmm. So if you're not catching all their monthly pay-per-views, you're not kind of getting the full gist of how important something really is, unless you're really familiar with that guy and they're that over, like the ace of New Japan, like Okada. Yeah. Jay White faced Okada because it was like, yo, if you could hang with this dude, oh yeah, you definitely the man of insane. And and at New Beginning, guess who's facing Tanahashi for the title? Jay White. Jay White. Is he's Okada? Oh, go ahead. Because now he's in the conversation. He danced mm. with the big dogs, and he proved he can hang with them. He's at least in the conversation now. Is Jay White and Okada a future Russell Kingdom main event? Yes, indeed. <laughs> I was going to say that when I saw that when I saw that match, I said, "Oh boy!" I said, and I, I was all I've been an immediate fan of Jay White. You know me; I like to scout talent. When I first saw him mm-hmm. in Ring of Honor, I, he, he he was one of the young boys. You can always see the young boys because at the matches they always got the the track suits on and they bring out the the towels. 
and ice and ice bags and stuff like that. Because even Juice Robinson was one. Of, I think in last year's Wrestle Kingdom or the year before that, he was he was there when he first went to New Japan. And I remember when he started doing his excursions in Ring of Honor. We saw him a couple of times. I said, I like this dude. And I saw him on TV a couple of times. I said, I like this Jay White guy, man. He's he's really really good. And of course, after he does his excursion, he comes back with a whole new character. He's a switchblade. I'm like, oh man. Mm-hmm. And he's had a really good year. But at, but once he got in the ring with Okada and he beat him, I said, oh, he's a made man. Now, that's why he was one of my breakout stars of 2019. I said, you beat one of the golden gooses of New Japan, this guy's going to be a major player. I said, yeah. this is the guy they're going to go with. This is the guy that, that that's going to help bring them up um, and, and, and also bring eyes to the product across the water overseas. Mm-hmm. All right, before we get into From the Realm, um, I got to ask you this. With the... Because, you know, you're talking, man, just bring up this idea, and I wish I would have asked it earlier. With the announcement of All Elite Wrestling, with these guys having, I'm going to use quotation, air quotes, contracts, does that change the Madison Square Garden show that's going to take place at WrestleMania weekend? No, it doesn't, because New Japan is going to bring out their best studs. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's already booked, right? Okay, let's put it this way: it does make a difference. Mm-hmm. It does make a difference because I don't know if New Japan had any idea or any inkling That's what that, I was thinking. <laughs> that Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks were going to take their talents and Hangman Page. I'm talking about this, and this is this is what I was saying earlier. These are guys that have been invested in by these companies have been invested in by their property and put and, and given these huge platforms to decide to say, yeah, we're going to do our own thing now. Mm-hmm. That changes everything because the whole point of running Madison Square Garden in this, in this new stateside initiative is because you had these familiar faces. You just lost four, really lost five. And I'm saying major because Kushida is a big deal. Every time Ring of Honor and New Japan is always had a Global Wars or a War of the Worlds. It's usually two nights. Kushida has always been there. I remember him the most. That's That was probably the most I got to learn about Kushida was in 2015. And not only at the Border Wars, when they had that permanent partnership they began to do, there mm-hmm. were times where Kush- Kushida would be on TV. He was His tag team with Alex Shelley was one of my favorite tag teams that ever come out of New Japan. That's the Time Splitters. I've loved the Time Splitters more than I've loved Motor City Machine Gun. That's one of my favorite tag teams with Alex Shelley. The only time I've really ever been a fan of Alex Shelley. <laughs> Right, and that and that's what made me like because I've never been a, a Alex Shelley fan. But then when he was with the Time Splitters and they were doing a whole Back to the Future gimmick, I said, "This is kind of cool. I like this." But mm-hmm. Kushida has been a big, big deal, and now that he's leaving to go overseas, whatever that means, um, presume presumably most people are talking about maybe WWE, because um, mm-hmm. I feel like if he was with All Elite, he probably would have signed already. Um, right. So you lose Kushida, you lose Kenny Omega, you lose the Young Bucks. And you lose Cody Rhodes, you know, not including guys like Hangman Page and all the kind of stuff. You you probably keep Marty Scroll because he's still working with Ring of Honor, and pl- not to mention uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Allegedly, I'm not sure if this is true or not. Once again, but they have said that they will continue their partnership with Ring of Honor. I'm like, oh, so what does that mean? All those American faces, and a lot of those, and, and not you know, excluding Kushida, were mm-hmm. were your biggest draws for your American audience. Uh, so how do I feel now as New Japan about All Elite Wrestling because we kind of made you who you were with mm-hmm. the exception of Cody Rhodes but the Young Bucks, Hangman Page 
Young Bucks were in New Japan long before they were really in New in, in Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. They they were out there for majority of the time before they signed that deal. With, they signed two years back to back with Ring of Honor. All of a sudden, those contracts is up. So you've turned your back on those two companies that are working together to start your own thing. Hmm. And 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 I don't know. Are they gonna? Is all elite gonna? They're gonna show up WrestleMania weekend somehow, some shape or form. Yep. <laughs> so it, it it does it does affect it. it it's a huge but now who do you book mm-hmm. who do the American audience come to see at Madison Square Garden don't get right. me wrong there'll be plenty of rest of it they're going to sell it out regardless it's still sold out yeah I was say I know it's sold out still sold out regardless right mm-hmm. but it does change everything because now who do you give to people that makes their money really worth it yeah it's a good question this is what this once again, like I said, this brings me back to my original point. You, you, everybody's so worried about all the wrestling in the WWE. I'm like, well, okay, so forget that. What about that direct competition? What about Ring of Honor? What about New Japan Pro Wrestling? Mm-hmm. Something to think about. It's definitely something to think about, man. But uh, it's time to come from the realm. And now for our from the realm segment where I answer your questions from the Facebook fan page, the Facebook group page, and the Twitter at Wrestling Realm. All right, so we got a lot of questions. So, folks, you know, those who sent in questions, thank you. You get a treat because not only do you get answers from me, you get answers from the realness. Um... <laughs> oh, boy. Did, oh, boy. Did, did you did you see the questions from the Instagram page? I think somebody sent some. Yeah, I got, I got it. <laughs> okay. I didn't know if you saw it or not. Yeah, um... There's a couple in here. I, I'm already anticipating your reaction. Um, oh, no. All right, we'll start with Kevin Crittenden. Critton. Crittenden. Sorry, Kevin. You already messed his <laughs> names up, man. Right? No, like, I've read his name before because he's, you know, a loyal listener. Uh, I apologize because I'm laughing. But uh, he said these are mostly WWE Network related. Um, his question is, how has the network and streaming platforms in general change how you watch wrestling. I'll let you answer that first. For me, honestly, um, it's kind of been good and bad. Mm-hmm. I'll say good because, one, I had so much wrestling at the tip of my fingertips, and it's on demand. But that's also been the problem. I don't know how they count revenue streams in regards to the ratings and how they measure those things when it comes to your own personal network. But sometimes I'm not in as a rush to see things because I know I'll see it eventually because it's there. Versus even when we say say even when we used to get uh, legal illegal streams. Not me, my of course, not me, but you know, when people used to get, you know, the illegal streams, you still had to watch it at a certain time because that was the time that it was streaming. Mm-hmm. But with the streaming networks, I can kind of take my time. I don't have to rush to see it at seven oh five or eight o'clock or whenever it's going because I can say, eh, well I'll see it later. And also sometimes the these networks they kind of spoil my wrestling appetite mm-hmm. because if I'm not satisfied with the current product I can go back and watch the old stuff but then when you go back and watch the old stuff it makes it difficult for you to watch the new stuff because <laughs> you're like man because like you'll watch like you'll watch regular Monday Night Raw you watch uh, Smackdown Live on, on Tuesday and it's all fine and dandy you're good you see AJ Styles Dane Bryan you know Andrade Cien Almas uh, Rusev you're good no problem Mm. But then you go back and you watch your old school Raw just for the sake of a night and, and the heart of 98, 99. Mm. And you go, goodness gracious, this is all in one Raw? <laughs> ugh. I don't think I, oh, oh, they got it. Then you go back and you watch Raw that follow Monday, you're like, ugh, this isn't working for me. Right. 
so it kind of spoils my taste buds. So it, you know, that's that's those two are the major reasons, the major ways that wrestling streaming services have affected how I watch the product. Well, and I agree. That's what I was thinking. Um, you know, it definitely changes. Uh, I'm no longer in a rush to get home to watch pay per views, yeah. but I will say this: to if I have to leave and go to the store, you know, I might use my phone and you know put it on the, in the passenger seat and let the um, the audio run. You know, I remember I definitely do that. <laughs> I, definitely, I don't know if that's the safest thing for us to be doing, but I, I'm guilty. Of yeah, it was a time I had to go to Walmart. It was Sting versus Seth Rollins, and I watched that match at Walmart because I had to get something. My daughter was, uh, you know smaller toddlers so I had to get something for her so I couldn't wait so, the princess <laughs> that's where I was trying to kill Sting oh man yeah but uh, so that'll kind of take us into the next question good and the bad of the WWE Network almost five years later that's his question what's the good and the bad of the network I'll say the good all the original content original programming mm-hmm. I love the shows like WWE Chronicle I love the shows like Box Club with Anderson and Gallows. Hilarious. And of course, my favorite show, Edge of Christian show that totally reeks of awesomeness. Mm-hmm. Season two has been absolutely hilarious. I love um, story time. Rest of soul, Mean Gene. Um, I, lo- I, love, I love all the original programming, like all, all that stuff um, with the WWE Network. What I don't like is, is I don't get it as often as I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, Ride alongs and no, I love ride along. Like I love all, I love. Anybody knows me. I love all the backstage stuff. Like I'm, I never broke out of loving wrestling. Not because all people, oh, you realize it wasn't real. It's pretty. I say yeah, but, but just the the idea of the business and the excitement of it kind of kept my interest. So as I got older, I found new ways to love it. Um, but sometimes they don't keep that stuff as updated as I would like them to. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a production guy myself, and I understand it. we even do it. Like we rather not put nothing out until it's all finished and situated. But <laughs> man, it's really, really good. Yep. And like man, I kind of just want a, a, another episode or another opportunity. So that's probably the bad. I, I love the, all the original programming, but I love how I don't I don't get it as much as I as I really want to. We um, I just think that's kind of um interesting. You said that um just had the statement and I just lost it that fast. Crap. <laughs> it was something it, it happened. Oh, me and Gene, you know, story time. These shows have been able to kind of keep some of our legends, you know, be able to, we, you know, we're not going to see them on TV every week, but we can still get them on a network, you know, with shows mm-hmm. like that. And it's still, it was still giving us an opportunity to get something fresh from them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I got to agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, the one thing I'll say the bad thing about it is sometimes music changed because of the rights. Oh, um, that's the WCW. <laughs> <laughs> watch it. You know, watch it. You ever try to watch old WCW stuff or like old Undertaker stuff? Yes. <laughs> you know, like, uh, that's the stuff that drives me crazy. Um, when they got to change the music. Uh DDP's music, like I go back and watch that on YouTube because I liked his song that he had in WCW. The ripoff of Nirvana smells like Teen Spirit. <laughs> I, and the crazy part is, when I was young, I, said, I always thought it was the same song, only to find out it was a Jimmy Hart ripoff. And I was like, oh no, one of they've had legal issues. Oh, uh, see, I never knew that until I now. Did, I, I, I think I don't know if it was DDP or somebody said it. I don't know what I was listening to. I think 
Yeah, I think it was Bruce Bruce and Conrad, something. They were, and they were talking about why uh, DDP had it. No, it might have been uh, on 83 Weeks they were talking about it. And I was like, oh, that's why the song sounds so familiar. But they actually got, they actually get to do the, the drummer from Foo Fighters, or the, the lead singer from Foo Fighters, the drummer from Nirvana. He was, he was saying, yeah, they owe us money. Wow. <laughs> and last, his last question is, what shows do you still want to see? What shows do I still want yeah, to see? Yeah, and I'm assuming, like, so, for instance, I would say, like, for me, I want to see JBL's show with the Legends come back. Okay. You know, is yeah. there a show out there that was on the network or perhaps want an idea? Or maybe you don't want to spill that. But is there a show out there that they may have taken off that you want to see? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I don't think... What if they... A couple of shows got canceled. And I know JBL Legends... That, I, was, I would probably say JBL Legends. That was really good cool because... <laughs> JB Lowe Legends was always raw and uncut. Like he always got straight to the point. He would always ask the tough questions. The tough question. He was a journalist. <laughs> I mean, like, like, like for instance, I would have loved to have to have him sit down with Jeff Jarrett. Oh, that would have you been know what good. I mean? I think he sat down. He sat down with. Did he sit down with Jerry Jarrett? I can't remember. I know he sat with Booker T. Sat down with Booker T. Sat down with Sting. He sat down with a couple of guys. Yeah. But I, I would have loved him to sit down with a guy like Jeff Jarrett. I love to see him sit down with a guy like Triple H. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe even 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 Vince McMahon. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Stuff like that. Asking the tough questions about listen, well, you know, from your mouth, from your perspective, what was it like when you decided to go national? When you bought all these territories up? And I know Conrad Thompson has said they'll never get Vince McMahon on a podcast. I, mm-hmm. I I find that hard to believe. I just got this gut feeling they're gonna find a way to get them on something, Vince on something to wrestle with. I, that's that heck no. That, listen, that dude just hosted all of these uh, press conferences. There's no way in the world he's doing what's called. Uh, oh. There's no way in the world. See, that it changes everything. Dang. And, this, <laughs> this, and, this is, and this is the reason I don't like new promotions popping up. When you start getting ambitious and you start trying to go big, that's when WWE starts getting all tight with stuff. Like, <laughs> that's rum, rum, rumors of, oh, they say, oh, they're not letting people in with all the elite wrestling gear on at SmackDown Live and. Uh, which which I, I get it. First of all, I don't know if it's legit. Well, well l- let me clarify that for you. I saw a video on Twitter of a guy, and I'm, this is why I believe that was staged, the video. Because the guy said, oh, so I can get in with my shirt now? Yeah, they're letting people in with these shirts. Oh, well, why did you give me this tw- 20 minutes ago? I don't know. So I personally believe that was staged. I think somebody... Trying to, trying to cause a buzz. Trying to cause a buzz, I think. See, that's, that's what's not, Wrestler that's fans what don't like. Exactly. That's what I don't like. That's, that's the stuff I don't like. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, here we go. Cause don't, don't give it the TNA stuff. Exactly. At WrestleMania, TNA flying a blimp over the arena. Nobody can read the TNA letters on the blimp itself. <laughs> but you gonna fly a blimp over the arena? Uh, impact on Tuesdays. <laughs> exactly. All right, so let's move on. Let's get on top, boy. The shark. His is, uh, and we have, you know, quite a few um, uh, for this one. Who do you uh, predict will have a breakout year in NXT in 2019? Hum, 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 hum. I think that uh, Bobby Fish. Oh, okay. I think Bobby Fish is said to have a breakout year. I think he's a guy that's kind of been on the side of but he's just he is just talent waiting to explode, and and they haven't necessarily reinserted him back into the tag team scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he goes after that North American Championship. Yeah. I think. I think. Um, I think they. I think they're gonna. I think this is gonna be an undisputed 
every year. If they last that long, they're way too talented to be down there for so for too too long. You know, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's not act like Adam Cole wasn't in the Royal Rumble last year for no reason. There was no reason for him to be there. It was not. It's not like he was champion. He just was there because everybody knew who the heck Adam Cole was. Yeah. <laughs> you know. What I mean? So um, and, and quick quick side bit. Can you name a, a more a more talented four man group since Evolution? No. Outside of yes, okay. I was just asking. <laughs> you know, and you know, I'm I'm going with Bianca Belair. I know we just posted that on the realm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I expected to have a huge. But I, I, yeah, it's 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 right there, you know, for her. And I think she's just going to take it. I think she's going to own it this year. Um, move on. His next question is rumors that with the women's tag titles being made, the regular titles are going to be changed as well. How would you change the tag titles? The, the regular tag titles? Yeah. So, and I'm assuming now I look at the question. Because I, 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 at first I thought he meant the way that, you know, just the tag titles in general, but I'm assuming he means the belt design. Um, Me, I'm, I'm a belt guy. I would always go classic. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think I like I like the direction NXT has gone in. Yeah. NXT's uh, tag titles. I mean, all of the titles have a very modern but classic look to them, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that. Mm-hmm. I feel like if there was ever, uh, if I ever saw belt designs that kind of merged both ideas of classic feel with modern day, with a with a modern day look, it's NXT's tag, uh, NXT's all their championship title, the women's title, the uh, the men's uh, world title, the the American, and of course the uh, the tag titles, and even even the 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 UK title. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it's it, it's a modern look, but it's got a classic feel to it. Yeah, that's that's my personal opinion. I I, I would go classic. I would definitely go classic feel. Yeah, I gotta agree. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at the the you know when it was just when they were the pennies, I didn't like them, but when they were black and gold, but now they're red and blue. I don't mind. But yeah, they don't they don't bother me as much. Yeah, but you're right. I, I definitely. I mean, I I was one. I wish they never changed the you know the original WWE tag titles. I was always just a fan of that design, and it was just okay. First of all, how do you say that? What is the original WWE tag title? Because every generation has had oh, the original. Yeah, good WWE point. Tag good point. My bad, Mister Belt Man. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm like, you going you gonna talk about these belts? I, 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 I'm talking Heart Foundation. The the role, well, the Legion of Doom, that title, you know, the, the gold ones or the silver ones, the gold ones. Okay, because there was a, there was a, there was a silver, yeah, some silver ones. Yeah, the gold ones, you know. Okay. Um, that, yeah. wasn't the biggest fan of the SmackDown version with the blue in it, but mm, yeah, I yeah. understood it. But you know, I like that ones that that because that, but also that's my childhood. I I, I concur. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. You know. Um. And then his uh, oh no, Shark got two more questions. So one is the, the second to last. Why is it that we have yet to see Samoa Joe get his hands on a championship since NXT? When will it happen? I think if he can stay healthy long enough, mm-hmm. I think Joe is poised for one of those. Because you got to remember, it's all to me. You got to be careful in, in the E, because in the E, there's always that one guy that he kind of has. A buttload of losses, then out the blue, he works, he becomes a champion, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, like I think about Jinder Mahal. You know what I mean? Like he was, he was Rusev's lackey before he got an opportunity. 
Dean Ambrose had a run like that. Dean Ambrose was losing a lot. Mm-hmm. Like he was in stuff, but he was he was taking a lot of L's, and then all of a sudden he became WWE champion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's kind of up next for something. What I don't know, in all honesty, but um, I think they just want to make sure he's healthy. Okay. Because like so this, to me, this is the longest tenured small Joe run he's had in a minute. Because usually he's he gets on a roll, then he gets hurt, and he's out for about three or four months. Then he gets in a roll and he gets sidelined for a little bit. But I, I don't know. I just, um, it's tough because you can say the same thing about Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode kind of was like, "What are they doing with this guy?" This guy was, came up with a huge thing, NXT champion. He's got gold around his waist now. Mm-hmm. And Bobby Roode was a U.S. champion. You know, he was U.S. It's... champion on on SmackDown. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's tough to say. I don't know. It's tough to say. I, I think if he's that's healthy, I think it's to me is a health. To me, it seems like it's a health issue. They don't know how long it can last. Sometimes. Yeah. Oh man. You know. Um. I hate to say this because I always hated the statement. Doesn't need the title. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't need exactly. it. <laughs> he he does like he's just ah. like when I see Samoa Joe, I know it's a big deal. I see him coming. Um. When he loses, it's not a loss. Yeah, because you get hurt. You might beat him, but you're going to walk away in pain. Look at you Roman. Small Joe, you're going to come back and say something to him afterwards? Right, exactly. Look at Roman. Man, Look like, at Seth. You know, who likes Look at Brock Lesnar. Tell me about it. <laughs> That's a tough one, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, and then last, um, who would you say is your least favorite manager of all time? Wow. Least favorite manager of all time. Probably Colonel Parker in his name. Yeah. <laughs> Colonel Parker. He was always corny to me. Okay. Wow. I, I, I didn't think about him. Me, I would say, I'll say it like this. I never connected with Harvey Bush. Yeah. It just never, it wasn't a thing where he, he was annoying, but it wasn't. He was get off my TV annoying. He wasn't like Bobby Heenan. Like, Oh, I don't like him, but I need to see him on TV so I can see him get beat up. You know, I just... I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you who's who's more annoying than, than Harvey Whippleman. Who? Uh, Bill Alfonso. Okay. In ECW. Yeah. He would not stop blowing that whistle. <laughs> oh my gosh! Whether it's Taz, or RB, RBD, or Sabu. Oh man, he would spend his whole. So it would be whole matches. He'd just be blowing the whistle. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a close second. That's a that's a close second for me. Yeah. So let's move on. This one came from Darnell Freeman in the Wrestling Round group. <laughs> why does why is that funny? What's the, why doesn't the WWE give the United States Championship back to the NWA? Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what I had. <laughs> I think that the NWA has their own United States Championship. No, no, they they brought back the, they just recently brought back the national championship, didn't they? The national championship held by Willie Mack. Just Willie Mack defeated yeah. Matt Cross this weekend. At- yeah, I was and I was surprised to see that because that was the this, the funny thing is that national title was the first thing I thought about when I saw um, NXT's North American Championship. Oh yeah, when I saw that big brown strap, I said that's got the national championship written all over mm-hmm. and, and, and congrats to Willie Mack it was a brother he's been around I remember him back when he was he was always I saw him all the time in championship wrestling from Hollywood back when they were still part of the NWA mm-hmm. like it was because there was a point they were part of the NWA and then they split because of the kind of the people that were running it but now it's kind of like their home base again so. oh okay 
And I seen him on Impact Wrestling recently, so you know, kudos to him. Yeah, I believe he was at the pay per view the other night. I don't think the WWE can give back. I mean, every promotion has their own United States. I feel like if the NWA wanted to have their own United States Championship, they 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 could. Mm. And because and, think about it, when let's talk about '97 when Jeff Jarrett came in with Jim Cornette, they had NWA titles. Mm-hmm. You know, and their the NWA World Heavyweight Championship was. I believe around the waist of Dan Severn. I could believe. I could be wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not like WCW had to give the title back. Right. So. And then uh, his last question is, it's a new era. Oh, no. Sorry. It's uh, why don't WWE wise up, get rid of their current championship designs and go back to the ones from 2000 to 2005. 2002 to 2005. The Ruthless Aggression Era. I guess you can kind of tell when this guy was a fan. Became a fan. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think honestly, just because the WWE is, is a like it's a corporate entity that's always looking to move forward, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And you know, commercially, when it comes to merchandise, and Vince McMahon is from you know my personal witness as a fan has always been the type of guy that is always about going forward and not backwards, mm-hmm. um, unless it's a classic situation like for the IC title. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, they 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 change them for reasons. They you know, every five to ten years or so, they decide to change belt designs. It's just part of the business, part of progression. New ideas, new concepts. You know, don't get me wrong. I, I was upset when they got rid of the um, the big gold WCW belt and then the big eagle. And then they came out with the undisputed championship and it was really little. I wasn't a fan of that title. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't become a fan of it again until Brock Lesnar had it because it got so much bigger. Right. That's like, like, even if you buy the replica today, it's always got it. The most popular one was the version two. Mm-hmm. Like, because it was huge. It's, it's a big belt. I'm like, that's what a world championship should have been. So, I mean, titles change. It's part, part of the business. That's just what they, whatever they decided to do to move on, that's what they wanted to do. Yep. Pretty much. And then the last question that's coming from Instagram at Zave with a Z, nine five. Do you think Jay Lethal will drop the ROH title after he passes Samoa Joe's record? And Samoa Joe's record is 645 days. Good gosh. As a single reign. Okay. Jay Lethal's current reign is a little bit over 100 days, but his... Uh, oh, actually, Did show. you just say a little over 100 days? Hold on. Um, I had it because his combined reign is 618 days. For Jay Lethal, six hundred eighteen plus when I combined. Yeah, so that's what I'm assuming this question is the combined title reign. Um, probably not because I think Jay Lethal is is probably going to go down as um as a Ring of Honor uh lifer the way he's looking. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why they still call him the franchise because he's one of the guys that he's probably one of the only guys that's had to stick around. I don't know what his situation looks like or his contracts or what, but I don't have no inside information. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't think the WWE has ever really reached out to to me. You know, Jay Lethal was at his peak in 2000, I guess, 14 to 14 through 16. Mm-hmm. He had his major, major runs. I could be wrong. Right. And they didn't want him then, you know what I mean? Or at the time, the business was still kind of hot outside of the WWE. There was a lot of good wrestling going on outside of the Especially, I'm telling you, man, 2015 was that year. Yeah, <laughs> you said all you the know, time. I'm telling you. And to see him now, it's kind of like, man, he's still with Ring of Honor. 
you know, I, I don't know. He, I think they might, he might be a Ring of Honor lifer. Um, I don't, I don't know how he has any bigger years than he's already had. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like Kenny Omega had a huge year the year before, and then the following year he signed again. I'm like, what else? And what else is it left him to do? And he took his game to the next level. Jay Lethal keeps. I don't see him having any, a bigger run than what he's already had before. At least not Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Because not man, it's not his fault. It's just that all the talent that he was, all the matchups are just not there anymore. They're all fresh faces. Right. Um, it's tough to say. I don't know. That's that's a tough one. But I I think he I think he drops it eventually. But maybe you know he's got Dalton Castle up next again. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. It's tough. I don't know. Well, folks, you got a treat. You've been fifty episodes, so it was only right you get a treat. You get the wrestling realm in its full capacity. You get myself, the real Dwayne Allen. Dwayne, I definitely appreciate you coming on. No problem, brother. You know, anytime you call, uh, I'm always there to uh, do my part. Yeah, of course. You gotta let people know where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Dwayne Allen twenty four. That is D W. A-Y-N-E-A-L-E-N-2-4. You can also find me at TheRealDwayneAllen.com. Fuck everything from sneakers, skateboarding, professional wrestling, anything I got my mind on at the time, that's where you catch it at. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingRealm. Two W's, Wrestling Realm, especially on Instagram. Also look out for The Realness Reacts, Quick Minute Shorts, and Hot Takes on a number of different subjects that I so happen to feel about whatever I feel about them. We go. If that makes any sense. <laughs> I'm not sure it does, but I said it anyway. Hey, man, the people, you know, they they heard enough from me. You know, of course, they, they still get me, but now they're getting more of the realness this year in 2019. Oh, they're going to be sick of me. <laughs> I'm going to make sure of it. Oh, man. Well, folks, until the next time, so long, everybody. <laughs>